This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Vengeance for our friends in the transgender community will go off as planned. Wouldn't I can't see any reason to delay it or postpone it or cancel it. I don't know about you, but uh, they will be gathering at the Supreme Court 11 o'clock on Saturday. I think the one uh, good thing is that perhaps it's just too early for some of the Antifa scum. As we know, uh, the uh, transgender population in Antifa is disproportionately high. A number of the uh, scum that uh, attack the cops and burn businesses and just basically destroy things are uh, transgender in Antifa. So they will be showing up, I think. I'm not sure it'll be great numbers, but for some reason they didn't see any real need to cancel or delay it because, you know, nothing much happened this week in this country. So they will be a gathering at the Supreme Court. And I'm going to predict uh, uh, it's going to get violent for, for two reasons. One, Antifa will be there. And two, none of the people who gather there feel like there will be any consequences. They know in general, they can commit crimes, they can get violent, they can set fires, they can attack cops. And even if they get arrested, they get released the next day. As we know, charges will be dropped. These are, these are not dangerous insurrectionists taking uh, selfies outside the Capitol. So there will be no reason for the Department of Justice to uh, go in there and uh, make mass arrests and charge them with felonies and uh, hold them without uh, trial for two years, put them in solitary. There was an interesting insurrection last night. If you're just getting up or just checking out the news, uh, a, 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 a trans group, no, that's not the one, a trans group stormed the state capitol in Kentucky to protest uh, the legislation that will ban um sexual uh, sex change surgeries, genital mutilation of children and drag shows for children where grown men dress up as hideous looking women and shake their asses in the face of little kids. They want to ban that in Kentucky, which upsets the trans mob. So they stormed the Capitol, trespassed at the Capitol. And there's a guy with horns. He's a much more uh, decorated, much more flamboyant than Jacob Kansley, but he has devil horns and he was leading the charge on the Capitol. And I don't believe there were even any arrests, let alone uh, solitary confinement for a year, like there were, like there was for Jacob Chansley, who's doing 41 months for sauntering around the Capitol. That's why I feel like there might be trouble because they know, everyone knows there's two standards of justice in this country. There's two tiers and the people who are, uh, fighting for trans rights. No, there's no consequences. If they break the law, if they trespass, if they, uh, if they commit insurrection, if they try to uh, overthrow the democracy. So I'm looking forward to that Saturday. That's the day after trans day of visibility, which is Friday. That's tomorrow. Big, big national holiday. All the corporate, all the companies, will have their trans flags on their logos and be um, putting out statements in support of our trans community. It's almost like they haven't kept up with the news. It's almost like they don't know what happened in Nashville this week. The, 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 the arrogance of the, of these people, not just the trans mob, but their supporters 
our politicians in Washington, the media, it's just astounding. Um, we, we talked about this yesterday. Uh, there's a, there's a manifesto that the murderer, the mass murderer that the trans psycho wrote, uh, Audrey Hale, um, sent a message to her friend, her best friend, just before she shot up the Covenant School, and she said, it'll all become clear. Everything will make sense when you see, you know, after I'm done here, when you see my writings, you see my manifesto, the police chief, John Drake, I kept calling him John Blake yesterday. You didn't pick up on that Ironhead, John Blake, but John Drake, it's close. He's done a terrific job. He's been very transparent and upfront and honest. He said, there's a manifesto. We will get to see it. We'll get to find out what she wrote. We'll get to find out her motivation. Kind of an important thing, don't you think? A mass murder. And we know her motivation. We know why she did it. They're just not telling us. It is astounding, the double standard here. If this were, again, hell, we don't need to, uh, hypotheticals, there's been many mass shooters who have written things and said things and including the, the, the Buffalo shooter who shot 10 people at the supermarket, including Dylan Roof. No one worked to protect their writings, their thoughts, their motivation, but this there's a real agenda here. The uh, trans mob, along with their allies in the media, really don't want this manifesto to come up, but it has to. Uh, and... Um, uh, attorney General Merrick Garland, the most acru- corrupt attorney general in our nation's history, was asked if he would uh, be filing uh, hate crime charges or be investigating whether it were a hate, uh, hate crime. And he said, uh, we don't know yet. We have to determine the motive and the motive is what matters in hate crimes. He's lying. He knows the motive. He knows it was a hate crime by his definition. But again, they're protecting a protected class. Um, the, the New York Post reported yesterday, I believe this was last night, New York Post, yep, seven o'clock last night, New York Post writes, the Nashville school shooter Audrey Hale's pre-killing spree manifesto is set to be released to the public after the FBI and its highly skilled team of criminal profilers analyze its contents. I will just say I predicted this yesterday that the Nashville PD was all set and ready to release this full transparency. Let the public know why this uh, person uh, entered the Covenant School and murdered three kids and three staff members. Uh, I, I'm sure John Drake didn't see any problem with that, but the FBI got involved. The utterly corrupt FBI. So they'll be doing the redacting. I think we're going to see the manifesto with lots of big black lines through it. So, uh, and once the FBI is done protecting a protected class, uh, once the once the politicians in Washington, once the the Biden administration uh, gets a hold of this, then they will do their best to block uh, the public from ever really learning what uh, Audrey Hale had to say, had to write before she went and committed mass murder. I'm not sure when this will be released. Maybe Friday night. That's when you release news that you really don't want the public to see. I don't know how long it'll be. I don't know how revealing it'll be once they're done um, redacting it and uh, editing it and crossing out, you know, the good parts. 
But uh, I find this amazing that there is almost, I don't want to say no acknowledgement, in some cases there's no acknowledgement of the victims here, of the kids, of the, of the uh, head of the school, of the janitor, 61-year-old janitor. I believe he was a father of seven and a grandfather of, I think it was, uh, I think he's got 16 or 14 or 16 grandkids. It's just, it's, it's sickening how they're just, the, the, the murders, his name was Mike Hill. He'd been a janitor at the Covenant School for, for 13 years. He made it a point every year to learn the names of all the kids in the school, 200 kids, a beloved figure, gunned down by an angry, crazed, transgender individual. And uh, you don't hear much about him. He, he, he hasn't been buried yet. But still, we're going to celebrate a trans day of visibility tomorrow and then have a trans day of vengeance on Saturday. And it's one thing if you're talking about these people. These are the biggest narcissists, obviously. Transgender people, by definition, only care about themselves. They don't care if they hurt their families or their friends or their community. It's all about them, as we've gone over many, many times. I understand they don't care about Mike Hill. They don't care about Hallie uh, Scruggs, the nine-year-old girl who tried to pull the fire alarm to save everybody, shot dead by this maggot. They don't care about them. But what about Washington? What about our politicians? What about corporate America? This was the first. I saw this this morning. Um, State Farm has already changed their logo and put out a statement in support of Trans Day of Visibility. Nothing about the kids at the Covenant School. After, as we all know, after George Floyd, every corporation in America changed their logo. Every, they, they donated billions to Black Lives Matter. They bent over backwards to support this, this uh, aggrieved community. They, they got nothing. They got nothing for the uh, kids, the grownups, the families, the Christians at the Covenant School it's almost like they don't matter. The idea, and we went over this yesterday, the idea that there may be backlash against the trans community, that's the number one story from corporate America, from the media, from the, from the political class in Washington. It's just, it's just remarkable. These kids, these grownups, this community, these Christians, they don't matter. What matters is that you don't blame the trans community. Now, I have an ongoing theme, a daily theme for, um, for Massachusetts, for people in my state, people who, who vote. We must hang our heads in shame on a daily basis. It's just, it's humiliating to be represented by the people. We have the worst politicians. We have the worst senators, the worst representatives. It really is nauseating sometimes. Just quick example before we get to the, to the, uh, Back to the trans issue, they took a vote on ending the COVID emergency, which basically should have ended like two years ago. 23 senators voted against it. They want to continue to stay in a state of COVID emergency. Two of them, of course, were uh, Ed Markey and Liz Warren, the two of the worst people in the Senate. 23, all Democrats, they don't want to end the COVID emergency. Obviously, it has nothing to do with COVID. It's about control. They love the control. They love the masks. They love the rules. They just don't want to give it up. 
They lost. The COVID emergency will end. Sorry, Liz. Sorry, Mr. Frosty. COVID is over. That's that's one example of why we should stand every day. Massachusetts voters should should wake up in the morning and issue an apology to the rest of the country for sending these absolute fools to Washington. But this, even by Massachusetts standards, is just is just so sickening, so disturbing. We have a rep, Catherine Clark. She's like the rest of the reps, like the senators. She's just a repulsive human being. Uh, she's the most powerful woman in Congress. She's the uh, minority whip. Um, she's best known for having a transgender child who's a punk who assaulted a cop on Boston Common. Uh, uh, she was caught. I forget. Is it a she or he? I don't even care. She has a transgender child that was vandalizing a monument in Boston Common uh, a couple months ago, was caught by the cops. Cops tried to arrest her, uh, assaulted the cop, got arrested. Immediately, obviously, Catherine Clark had to step up and say how proud she was of her child. Of course, she has other children, but they don't, they don't help her virtue signal. They're not uh, really uh, gaudy accessories in her community. It's the trans kids that are really, it's, it's really cool to have a trans kid and boast and brag about it. Can you get the trans kid's name from me, Ironhead? I, 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 I want to make sure I get the, the pronouns incorrect. That's important. Uh, <laughs> so I want you to listen to some of this, this awful human being speak on the House floor. And I think I have the time right. This was yesterday morning, meaning it was less than two days after the mass murder of Christians, of three little nine-year-old Christian kids, of three staff members, of six innocent people slaughtered by a trans terrorist in a Christian school. The blood wasn't dry yet. The bodies weren't uh, buried yet. The families had only begun to grieve. It was just the, the, the was just horrific by any definition. Most of this country, 330 million people were grieving, were disturbed by the whole scene, the, the whole idea. They were, they were upset about everything, guns and, and mental illness and uh, lack of security. There were a lot of issues going on. But the one thing that mattered to this hideous woman, this, this awful woman, was uh, trans rights, trans visibility, the cruelty, she said, to trans people. She said this less than 48 hours after a trans person killed Christian kids for being Christian. Now, you don't have to stand up there and rail against violent trans terrorists, and you don't have to stand up there and say that Christians are under siege. Maybe you sit this one out. You know, if you have a, 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 a punk trans kid who's still facing charges, they'll be dropped, of course, this kid. Uh, do we have a name? Riley? Riley, Riley Dow. A made-up name? Yeah. I don't even know. Is that a boy or a girl? I still don't even know. Can't tell. <laughs> what? Uh, what's the what pronouns am I using? <laughs> I think it. I think it was a uh, a female to male. I think. So that's a female to male, and Riley is the boy name or girl name, whatever. So this trans <laughs> this trans punk who's uh, an Antifa guy 
who's vandalizing a uh, property in the Boston Common, who gets arrested, who assaults a cop. The last time we heard from Catherine Clark was talk about how proud she is of her son, daughter, kid, whatever. This time, she on the heels, when, when again, people are just still in shock. The grieving process hasn't even begun. They're still trying to process this atrocity. And she stands up and gives a three-minute speech about how trans people are being uh, discriminated against. Uh, it just, it, it, it is, and I, again, she, this is a person who couldn't get elected anything anywhere else other than Massachusetts and maybe California. Just a truly horrific, horrible, awful, hideous person. Just, just an embarrassment to the state, to the Congress, to everyone. Stands up and says, you know, now's the time to talk about how people are just not giving poor trans folks a break. Again, less than two days after a trans person slaughtered six. Let's listen to some of this monster from the House floor yesterday. Ahead of Trans Day of Visibility, I rise in honor of a community that is being forced to fight for its very existence. I rise in honor of trans voices that deserve to be heard, not silenced, and not criminalized. I rise in honor of trans joy that deserves to be celebrated, not eradicated. I rise with unconditional love for my trans daughter, Riley, and I rise in solidarity with every trans American seeking nothing less than their inalienable right to the pursuit of happiness. To stand in the way of that right is to stand against our most basic American values. But that's exactly what MAGA extremists are doing across this country, on school boards, in state capitals, here in the halls of Congress. Elected officials are using their power to undermine the freedoms and human dignity of trans Americans. And they're waging an especially vicious crusade on our kids. Oh God. These attacks- oh God. Hold on a sec, hold on a sec. <laughs> an especially vicious crusade on our kids. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm gonna make it through this iron head. This woman is talking about an especially vicious crusade on kids. Two days after three nine-year-old kids, innocent children, were gunned down in cold blood by a trans maniac. And you think it's appropriate? You think this is the time to stand up and talk about discrimination and how they're not heard and not seen? And, 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 and talk about how proud you are of your punk son, who's now, I guess, Jared Dowell is his name, now pretending to be a girl, not really working that hard at it, not really putting much effort into it if you see him in court. And we're supposed to honor his, his, uh, his true self, his identity, the guy who's assaulting cops. And she's talking about how proud she is of him when, when, six, when six families are grieving their loved one, when three families are grieving the death of their nine-year-old, of their, of their fourth grader at the hands of a trans monster, that's the time she wants to stand up and talk about how tough it is for trans people in this country. God, what a, just a repulsive person. Let's listen to more. I'm, I'm going to get to 
an interesting uh, twist on this speech. It's only another minute or so, but go ahead. Let's listen to more of this hideous woman. Make me all the more grateful for the unconditional love that Mimi and Joe LeMay of Massachusetts have for their son, Jacob. Mimi and Joe have faced vitriol Mm. and cruelty from right-wing extremists, all because they heard, (laughs) accepted, and embraced Jacob when he told them he's a boy. A few years ago, Mimi shared a letter she wrote to her son, and I'd like to offer a few of her moving words. All right, hold on, hold on. Just just so you know, this is interesting. Anybody who knows uh, my story or, uh, or, you know, my what happened to me and Kirk Minahan and our whole show, uh, Mimi and Joe LeMay are a couple of narcissists who turned their uh, child, their, uh, uh, their daughter Emma, into a boy. You know when they did it? When they started the process? When she was free. And t- talking about the hate and vitriol they faced, that's nonsense. They were celebrated. That's why we talked about it. They were celebrated by the Boston Globe. This is from 2016. They're writing about Mimi and Joe LeMay. Uh, This is how tough it is for Mimi and Joe. They write, two years ago, Mimi and Joe offered their four-year-old a number of choices, among which continue to live as M or start anew and be the boy that he had adamantly insisted that he was. He was four. Uh, She was four. Four. And they started even before that. I want to be a boy, he said. I want to be a boy named Jacob. They're quoting him. Allegedly, two years before this, they're quoting the Globe. that They're pretending this kid said that. That choice had been a long time coming before he was three years old. Okay, that would make him two. That would make her two, two. Uh, Before uh, she was three years old, Jacob insisted he was a boy. It wasn't just that he wanted to wear boy clothes and have short hair. He became irritable and withdrawn each day that he needed to live as M. Okay, so the kid was two and he wanted, uh, she wanted short hair and was irritable. So what did they do? They took her to the gender clinic at Boston Children's Hospital who referred to a therapist. They encouraged LeMay's not to force gender but uh, in case he changed his mind, but Jacob was certain. Jacob was three and he was certain he was a boy. So they started the process uh, uh, of, of turning Emma into, into uh, Jacob and uh, uh, made him a boy, you know, so they could brag to all their friends. Look, we got, a, we got a trans kid. When the kid was four, this is insane. This is, a, this is absurd. This is inhumane. A four-year-old who wanted short hair. So they said, let's change your name and your clothes and let's tell all our friends, let's call the Boston Globe and tell them, we got a boy. This was, these people were well ahead of their times. This was seven years ago and they started the protest nine years ago. And we have a congressman who thinks this is the time and place to stand up on the floor of the house and talk about them and how proud they were, how proud they are, how proud she is of them and how how tough it's been for them. So this kid, if my math is correct, is now, uh, let's see, four, this is now 11. You know, just a little bit older than, uh, uh, than, than, 
uh, Hallie Scruggs, just a little over than uh, James, uh, than Emily, than Evelyn Deakhouse, Hallie Scruggs, and William Kinney. They're nine. They were nine. They're dead. They're dead, killed by a, 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 a terrorist who hates Christians and killed them for being Christians. And the, thinks this person, they, this person thinks this is the time to pay homage, to salute parents who, who turned their poor little girl into a boy. Uh, and now, you know, living happily ever after at the age of 11, probably going to school today. No one's bothering it. Oh, but it's a day of visibility. Let's celebrate this day of visibility. God, this, I, don't, I know lots of my senators, congressmen, lots of people in DC, the Biden, they, 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 no one bothers me like this woman. No one. This is just, I mean, she, does she have advisors? She have staff? Say, this is a good time. Let's go talk about how poor, poor trans people are under siege in this country and they just can't catch a break. They can't catch a break. They're, they're literally withholding the motive of a murder committed by a trans person because it might cause some backlash against the trans community. We're literally not going to let you see what Audrey Hale wrote or said why, to explain why she committed this murder because our trans community really doesn't want that to happen. And the media, obviously, they're supporting them in the Biden regime. They're all in it together. They don't want you to know what Audrey Hale had to say because they're protecting the most protected community in the country right now. This is amazing. They're going to complain about how tough they have it when the, when every institution, when corporate America, the media, the, the, the Biden administration, when they're all together protecting these people, they want you to think they're under siege and they, 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 they're marginalized and they just, things are so tough right now. We can't afford to tell the, the public the truth about a mass murder at a Christian school. Oh, what a hideous, you know what? I don't think, I don't think you should, I don't think we can play any more of this. I can't handle it. Not, not right now. We're done with uh, Catherine Clark, the single, you know, you're off the hook, Ed Markey, uh, Liz Warren, you're off the hook at Ayanna Presley, at least for today. You are not the worst person in Congress. There is no, that is the worst person in the history of Congress. Catherine Clark, God, what a repulsive person. Saying this two days, two days after children were slaughtered for being Christian. She's talking about those poor trans folks. God, I don't think I'm, you know, tomorrow, get ready. Corporate America, the media, the oh, trans day of visibility, followed up by trans day of vengeance, which by the way, I still can't figure this out. Trans Day of Vengeance, I tweeted about it, basically just tweeted out the poster, the ad, which is what a lot of people did. Look at this, coming Saturday, Trans Day of Vengeance. Uh, they're not canceling it. They're going to hold it five days after a, a trans person shot up a school. I tweeted out that poster. There it is. Stop trans genocide. Trans Day of Vengeance. April 1st, 11 a.m., assemble at the SCOTUS. I got locked out of my account as well, along with 5,000 other people, including uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a number of uh, prominent people in the media. We were locked out for tweeting that. So someone at Twitter, which we thought that things had changed, barely not. Someone at Twitter's protecting them. I mean, there's, there's nobody more privileged, more protected, more entitled 
And these, they feel entitled to have a trans day of vengeance in the same week that, these, that this mass murder occurred. It's just stunning, shocking, sickening. All right, we should move on. We should move on before I... We got we got lots more to get to. We got lots more to get to. We got to get to the fight, the the, the fight in the hallway in Congress. This was good, and uh, uh, <laughs> this was wild. Um, we got uh, a, a, a great cancel culture story. An old an old anchor lady in Mississippi fired for quoting Snoop Dogg. <laughs> this I'm putting this on the list right below uh, Aunt Jemima and right above. Uh, let's see who else we got. Uncle Ben. Dr. Seuss. No, Tony Maz didn't get fired. Neither did Chris Curtis. He didn't get fired. He got uh, suspended. Now he's back and uh, he's making meatballs. That's some edgy stuff. He's making meatballs. But uh, And we got the, he's done it. Dr. Fauci, you're not going to believe this, is cashing in. Dr. Fauci is making money. He's going to write his memoir, which will be 300 pages of lies. But uh <laughs> Of, of course, uh, he's getting paid, and he's getting paid well. Uh, we'll get to all that. First, Joe Biden's America is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation is pushing hardworking families to the brink. Hell, just look at the price of eggs. Look at the price of anything. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is you need a plan. You know it. I know it. And that's why I'm partnered with a great company, Gold Co. So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offering up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call 855-735-3740 today. That's 855-735-3740. Fight the brawl outside in the halls of Congress. Of course, it's about guns and gun violence. And I'd say this is between the smartest member of Congress. It's an interesting showdown uh, matchup. Uh, uh, Thomas Massey versus Jamal Bowman. That would be the smartest guy in Congress versus one of the dumbest. They, They want to be squad member. He wants to be in the squad. They're not quite letting him in the team picture yet. But he's trying. He's loud. He's obnoxious. He's the one who went to the uh, floor, uh, the steps of Congress uh, when the hearings, when they were holding a hearing with the CEO of uh, TikTok to say uh, banning TikTok would be racist and xenophobic. He doesn't want to ban TikTok. Didn't make a very good case for it, but uh, he's a congressman from Long Island. He's a big, he's got two real issues that he's passionate about. One is defunding the police. Not for him. He's got armed guards. He's he's renowned for hiring security, spending cash, uh, taxpayers' money, or uh, campaign money on armed security. You could probably see him in this video. Armed guys, armed with guns. He wants them to protect him. He just doesn't want them to protect kids in school. That upsets him. Thomas Massey's a big proponent of armed guards in school, armed security in school. Again, we... We do that for uh, banks and for uh, for casinos. We do it for every federal building. I'm, I'm in, in in Boston. I'm running, walking by federal buildings all the time. Most of them look, you know, 
like there's no one in there because they're federal employees who probably never show up to work, but they all have armed security. There's a registry, a DMV near me, and they have two armed guards outside at all times. A registry. What? what? They don't even have any money or anything to steal, do they? But they have armed guards. God knows they have armed guards. They get, we got armed guards in every federal building, state building. But uh, people like Jamal Bowman, they don't want them in schools because who cares? I mean, let's protect, uh, you know, casinos or let's protect DMV workers. But kids, pff, they're on their own. So Massey's a big gun guy, big Second Amendment guy, and a brilliant guy. He's a guy with with uh, uh, advanced degrees from MIT, just a smart, smart man who, you know, very thoughtful, thinks about every issue, talks about it. He's kind of a geek. Uh, so he ends up, uh, I don't know, leaving some hearing, and Jamal Bowman, who's a big dude. I'm not saying Massey would win if they dropped the gloves. <laughs> he would not. He would get crushed. But Bowman, listen to the intellectual argument Bowman makes for uh, for not arming kids in school, for just focusing, like every Democrat, on guns. Guns, 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 guns. Let's let's ban the AR-15. Let's make sure all, all future school shooters use a different caliber gun. Use a hunting rifle or a shotgun or a pistol. That'll solve the problem. No more AR-15s. Let's make sure mentally ill school shooters enter schools through unlocked doors and shoot kids with different guns. That's apparently what Jamal Bowman is proposing. But uh, watch this and tell me Bowman has any argument at all. I love this. It's kind of like Joy Reid, which he debates someone, just says the same thing over and over, just yells it loud and says it over and over again. Go ahead. In a school that allows teachers to carry. Carry guns? You think would you, would more you guns lead to more death? Would you more guns lead to more death. Would you Look at the data. You're not looking at any data. No, you're no, you're, no, you're no, carrying no, the water no, for the gun lobby. No, no. Look no, at the data. More guns lead to more deaths. For the kids. He knows the cameras are on. Hey, open carry laws have more death. In every school that the fight he wants literally to fight physically i think that was the goal so that he would be uh he could boast and brag about always fighting for kids nine-year-olds are dying so his idea is just ban ar-15s by the way i'm not sure she used an ar-15 did you look at that gun ironhead it was a lot of debate about the gun a carbine or something uh it's uh, an ar style weapon a scary weapon but again if she didn't get her hands on an ar-15 she was going to use something else. <laughs> and nine-year-old kids without security, without protection, are just as vulnerable. <laughs> it's, she, she has two shotguns at home. If she brought them, you think Hallie Scruggs and William Kinney would be alive today? Of course not. If they were an armed security guard, maybe. We know she scoped out another school, but they had security, so she couldn't. So she chose to go to this soft target. 
I'm, I'm not saying it solves everything, but it's a concrete proposal that's, that's viable. You know, instead of 113 Ukraine, 113 billion, let's spend 113 billion uh, with uh, on security at schools. <laughs> I don't even get the argument against it. He says more guns mean more death. Well, the guns that the security guards and the cops who are standing all around you, Jamal Bowman, are those guns causing more death? The guns that are used to protect your ass? Hey, you know what? You know what stopped the shooter? An AR-15. Just want to throw That's that a out good there. Point. A bad guy with an AR-15 was shot dead by a good guy with an AR-15. The cowards in Avaldi said they didn't go in the classroom because they had an AR-15. Well, guess what they had? AR-15s. That's why they're so despicable. I love this. This is uh, Thomas Massey. Went to MIT, got a uh, bachelor's, going to get a master's. Uh, master's degree in science. His thesis was, quote, initial haptic explorations with the phantom virtual touch through point interaction. That's kind of what you were uh, studying in school too, right? I don't know. This guy invents things. He's brilliant. And he's trying to uh, have a debate and you can't hear a word he says because the lunatic is screaming, have you ever worked in a school? Well, <laughs> no, the guy went to MIT, got an advanced degree, he's a scientist, and he's a congressman. Uh, but that's the level of discourse you get from Democrats. Just scream, kids are dying, do something. Okay, how about armed security in schools? You know, how about, how about locking mentally ill people like Audrey Hale in asylums? How about that? Would that work for you, Jamal Bowman? I'm going to guess not, but uh, that will be continued because I think Jamal, I think Jamal Bowman was playing to his base. He wants people to think he's fighting. He's so upset. He's so angry at the school shooting. He's willing to fight his fellow congressman in the halls. And you saw a number of Democrats try to pull him away, try to stand between him, and he just wasn't having it. He was poking Massey in the chest. Uh, but uh, we need someone. You know what would be a good fight? Jamal Bowman versus Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan's a little guy. He was a national champion in college in wrestling. He would go low, take down that that big load, and then fight him on the ground. That might be good, although he's a little old. I don't know. I wouldn't want to mess with Jamal Bowman, but uh, I, what else can you do? What else can you do? What do we got? Breaking news? Now, this, this was yesterday. I didn't see this till just now, but it's worth talking about briefly. Uh, this is from the New York Post. Alec Baldwin slammed for gun control post after Nashville shooting. Uh, Alec Baldwin is big gun control proponent. <laughs> for not for him, but for uh, you know, for for people for single mothers in the inner city who want a gun to protect themselves. They shouldn't have one, but for him, uh, you know, <laughs> especially right after he just. Killed somebody. <laughs> loaded guns on the set. I'd be willing to control them. But yeah. uh, all right, we got much more to get to uh, before we uh, move on and celebrate day of visibility tomorrow. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, you know what? I want to get to this. We, we <laughs> Why do I feel like the trans mob is doubling down? That they're not. They're not hesitating. They're not spending a moment of reflection. They're not going to be respectful and say, let's just take a day. Let's take a week. Let's just let tempers settle. Uh, I mean, you just see it. They're posting this, this all kinds of posts on social media. There's this crazy, do you see the one with the guy and he's got a, I don't know what, I think it's an AR 15 
So guy's pretending to be a woman and he's, and he's showing you how he loaded it, showing you got a full magazine. That's a veteran. I believe that's a army or a Marine Corps veteran who transitioned and now he's uh, showing off that he can handle a, uh, a scary assault weapon. And it's very threatening, very ominous. I don't know if he'll be at the uh, day of vengeance, but uh, if he is, I would stay the hell away from him. But uh, you also have the utterly uh, ludicrous uh, movement to, uh, to, to, to get to the kids. I mean, as we explained with the, uh, with the couple here in uh, Melrose, Massachusetts, who transitioned their poor three-year-old girl because she wanted short hair. It's uh, all over the Western world now. It's not just in the U.S. It's in Western Europe. It's in Australia, New Zealand. The uh, the trans mm, mob, the trans mania is on the move. Check out 60 Minutes Australia. I assume this is a popular show. I mean, it's 60 Minutes. I don't know if it's like as big as 60 Minutes here, but it's as left wing as you'd expect. And, you know, Australia's gone. We saw it during covid Australia put, you know, people in concentration camps for uh, refusing the jab or not wearing a mask. You know, had cops, you know, beating people up for not wearing a mask outdoors. They confiscated all the guns so the cops didn't have to worry about anything, uh, anything like that. But check out this upcoming segment on 60 Minutes Australia about parents who are raising their children from birth without a gender. And you tell me, have you ever seen parents more cruel more selfish than wanting than, than than choosing to put their young children through this. I mean, it's tough enough to be a kid as you know, I'm, I'm going to guess you got made fun of once in a while, Ironhead for being a big guy. Everyone gets made fun of. I got fun, made fun of having a big head when I was a kid. People don't realize if you take it well and just laugh, it stops. Yeah. You think this is going to be easy on a kid when he goes to school and says, I'm a baby. That's what they call them. Not babies. Babies, I don't have a gender. How the hell does that make a kid's life any easier? Let's uh, watch a clip. We didn't assign a gender at birth. I'm letting this little person be who they want to be. It is an experiment. What they're doing is unprecedented. On 60 Minutes. Can't tell what your gender is by looking at your body. What are some of the biggest challenges? Strangers in the street have had quite a strong response. Why are you so obsessed? Why do you need to know? We're not trying to eliminate gender. It's really helping kids find their own path to it. Sunday on 9 and 9 now. Until testosterone starts taking over, you're not really going to get very far anyway. Can you imagine doing that to a child? I mean, to me, the most, the most fundamental instinct as a parent is protecting your child. The worst thing, the worst feeling you can have as a parent is thinking your kid is going to have a tough time Mm -hmm. at anything. You know, they're going to be bullied or teased or they're not going to fit in. You just want your kid to be happy. You want your kid to have the best life possible. So these kids are going to go to like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, and they're going to say, I'm a baby. I don't have a gender. Oh, sure. That'll make life real easy. These parents are just loathsome putting your child through that so you can get on 60 minutes and, and brag that you're just so woke, just so enlightened that you can let your child choose his own gender. How sick is that? Boys worse. have a penis. Girls have a <laughs> vagina. I mean, how it's confusing to begin with trying to explain sexuality and gender 
to a child. Imagine explaining that we didn't assign you one son, daughter, whatever they be. We didn't assign you. You get to pick. (laughs) These people are so twisted, just so insane. Uh, You know what? This this friggin' day, this is just getting more insane as we go on. Let's get to it. Let's do Shay, and then we'll tell you about the latest cancel culture story, which could be the most bizarre. I got my list here. I'm going to see where it ranks. Where it ranks on, among, you know, Aunt Jemima and Dr. Seuss and uh, uh, Chris Harrison and Mike Milberry and uh, Cleveland Indians and Grant Napier and Uncle Ben. And there's been so many insane cancel culture stories. This This one's up there, though. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. And I don't know this, uh, this, this person, obviously. I don't know this... Uh, this market, it's in Mississippi. It's a TV station. I assume it's a local affiliate uh, of, of a, uh, it's a, she's a veteran anchor in Mississippi. Her name is Barbie Bassett. She co-hosted a morning show. She did on the NBC affiliate WLBT. Been on there for, for like I said, 20 years doing morning TV, probably just doing traffic and weather and stories about, uh, whatever the story of the day uh, in uh, in Mississippi. Somehow they got to talking about Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, as we know, is a fabulously successful entrepreneur. I mean, he's a, he's a rapper who obviously sings, talks, uses the N-word, says he's, he's one of the, he's got the ultimate, you know, hall pass. He can say or do anything, never get canceled. He's got big corporate gigs. He's got the Corona commercial. He's a friend of Martha Stewart. He's probably got, he's got to be worth a hundred million dollars. They did a segment on his new line of wine. (laughs) He's got a wine, Snoop Cali Blanc. Well, the uh, 55 year old Bassett, the host, she decided to try to, I don't know, quote um, Snoop. And I got to be honest, I would have done this too. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought it was one of those silly Snoop words. I didn't know it had such meaning. But uh, do we have the sound or should I just read what she said? Uh, let's let her say it so it doesn't take out two people. Okay, good idea. Good idea. Because I, I would have said it. I'll still say it. I didn't know it was that offensive. But let's watch. Let's see what ended the 20 twenty year career of respected morning show anchor in Mississippi. Go ahead come up with. I think that'd be pretty cool. Before we know it, she'd have a Snoop Dogg tattoo on her shoulder. A shizzle, my nizzle. <laughs> I'm telling you. Julie, what do you think about that? Huh. Huh, she says. <laughs> well, get this. A fun- 
Okay, so the guy next to her, there's three people on the set. She's in the middle. Uh, she's kind of a frumpy looking, whatever, a 50 year old woman. And the guy next to her, the white guy, I think are they both white? I can't even tell. The guy's hanging his head, one of them. He knew what happened. The other guy didn't. And the other woman uh, is not on the shot. I'm not sure if she knew. I wouldn't know. Shizzle my whatever. Sounds like just some silly ass Snoop Dogg made up word. Now, I'm not a, a big uh, you know, hip hop fan or a big Snoop fan, so I didn't know. But this is Snoop's version of the N-word. Do I have that right, Ironhead? That's correct. So to say sh shizzle's not a problem, right? What does that mean? For sure. So it means for sure, and then the N version of that, I don't even, I, I would have said it. It just sounds like some silly made-up word. That's uh, the equivalent of the N word? Yeah. And yep. you knew that? Yes, I did. Do I sound like a, like a fool, like an idiot, because I didn't know that? Uh, I wouldn't expect someone who does not listen to rap music or specifically Snoop Dogg to know, I guess. But uh, with the with the young folk, he's quite popular, so they all know. Uh, this is this is from uh, uh, I think it's from Newsbusters. They say, unfortunately for the fifty five year old Bassett, the word n word, well, it's quoted, uh, is Snoop's signature slang for the N-word, which black rappers are allowed to say at will, but white middle-aged news anchors are apparently not allowed to say. She was unaware of this connection, thinking she was throwing out Snoop's line in good fun. But it looks like her ignorance didn't save her from getting canned. Uh, Bassett, who has worked with the news channel as an anchor since 1999, hasn't been back on the air and her name has been removed from the station's list of online personalities. She's canceled after 20 years, 55 year old woman canceled for quoting uh, Snoop. And I, it sounds like something Snoop would say on a Corona commercial, you know, cause it's just his thing. It doesn't sound that, <laughs> that offensive, but what do I know? Boy, I don't know what's like, I don't know if there's a movement or a uh, group of people who are like come to her defense and demanding uh, that she, she be saved, be spared. But if she is, if they save her job, she'll just be a shell. It'll be like, it'll be like watching, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson at the end of Cuckoo's Nest. She'll be lobotomized. She'll just be sitting there going, and it's going to be sunny today. She'll yeah. be so scared to show any personality or, or riff at all. Cause that's what happens when you, uh, when you go through that, you get scared, you get just emasculated and you're never the same. So they'll, they'll, they'll try to, they'll try to ruin her for saying shizzle my, <laughs> I can't believe I'm not allowed to say, or no one's allowed to say that word. I didn't think you up word by yeah, a rapper. I didn't think uh, that was cancelable, but here we are. That's a good, that's a good point. Here we are. I, didn't it feel like the pendulum was swinging back that people weren't going to get canceled for just really stupid stuff. It felt like we were past this. That was almost like some kind of COVID thing where all the, you know, George Floyd, <laughs> post George Floyd thing. Where Everyone's after bored. George Floyd yeah. died on the cross that people were, were, uh, uh, you know, being canceled by the mob. All those people I listed, you know, all the, any black person, on a product is canceled or minority like the land of lakes, Indian gone, uncle Ben gone, uh, uh, aunt Jemima gone and white people are still on products. And that was for racial justice. <laughs> Someone has to explain that to me. 
uh, Orville Redenbacher could still be on popcorn, but Aunt Jemima, who, by the way, was a very successful entrepreneur, I believe she died a millionaire. She can't be on a product, but Orville Redenbacher can be on a product, and the Indian can't be on butter. Just wipe her out. White and that's people. Some, somehow that's, uh, that's progress. All right, before we go, congratulations to Dr. Anthony Fauci. Why do, you know, it's good to see good things happen to good people, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Right? He sold his memoir to the same book imprint behind Michelle and Barack Obama's blockbuster uh, biographies. Publishers, uh, publisher insiders tell page six at the New York Post. An insider told us there was a two-week auction and they speculated Fauci's book was priced up to just under $5 million. This greedy little elf is going to make another five mil. He's already, his net worth went up 5 million during COVID. I believe it went from 7 million to 12 million while he was shutting down the country, shutting down businesses, bankrupt, bankrupting small businesses, sending children back years in school. This little monster was making money hand over fist, and now he's really going to cash in. Uh, I, I mean, his speaking fees must be through the roof. He still gets to appear at, you know, elite schools <laughs> because they just ignore the truth, and they will never, ever not feel indebted to him for defeating, for helping defeat Donald Trump. He reached a deal with Penguin Random House. Uh, his upcoming memoir will cover Fauci's life from Brooklyn to COVID. From Brooklyn to COVID, that's 80 years. It's going to be a big book. And it's going to be like 400 pages of one lie after another. Nobody will read it, but people will buy it. People, you know, in Cambridge and, you know, the, the, and Martha's Vineyard, everyone will have one on their coffee table or they'll carry it to the beach. They won't actually read it, of course, because it'll be terrible. And it'll be full of lies, but... Oh, the evil elf is getting just getting richer by the day. Congratulations, Anthony Fauci. All right, that'll do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow on a Trans Day of Visibility, big day, Saturday, Day of Vengeance. We're hoping to talk to uh, Riley Gaines, a true American hero, the swimmer who tied Leah Thomas in the NCAA championship at fifth place. They both tied. They gave the trophy to Leah. Because, you know, poor trans people, they can't get a break. So they thought they'd give the trophy to Leah instead of Riley. We will talk about that with her and lots of things. She's, a, she's great. She's out there on the trail. She's an activist. She's a hero. She's fighting this insanity. She's fighting to protect women's sports. But uh, we'll get into all that with her hopefully tomorrow. But we will leave it there for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Here tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Who thinks like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.